This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel as we bring you a preview of the weekend's game against Brentford. I'm your host Matt Addison and I'm delighted to say that Football.London's Brentford reporter Uzi Majid is alongside me as he gives Blood Red the lowdown on Thomas Frank's side ahead of the first league meeting between the two sides since 1947. Uzi, welcome to the Blood Red podcast. Liverpool at home for Brentford. That must be exactly the type of game that Brentford fans would have wanted to be promoted to the Premier League to, to play in, really. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you get promoted, you know, these are the games, you know, I mean, this is what you like. You, you live for, for like any any team that's promoted to the Premier League. Um, you know, you, you know, you, you, of course, you, you love playing that team. When, when, the, when the fixtures come out, you know, you look out for your Liverpools, your Man United's, your Arsenal's, your Chelsea's. You know, it's obviously it's, you know, it's surreal. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to what should be a very good game on Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure it will. It'll be a, an intense atmosphere. I think just before we we press go on on this podcast, you were saying how excited you were for it to be, you know, a Saturday game under the lights. I mean, obviously, most people probably would have tuned into to the opening game of the season, Brentford beating Arsenal two nil. I suppose you'd be expecting a, a similar sort of atmosphere, if, if not the the same sort of game as as well this weekend. Yeah, of course. I mean, atmosphere. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to be incredible. Um, you know, I think I think I think the last time was back in 1989. The last time these two met, uh, two sides met. So, um, you know, of course, it's been a while. Um, that'd be an, that'd be an understatement. But uh, yeah, one we're very much looking forward to, and uh, hopefully we we can get give a good account of ourselves, and hopefully we can come away with a good result. Since that that win over Arsenal, how has it been for for Brentford? I think they're sitting ninth in the table going into to this weekend. It's been a decent start, really, all things considered. Yeah, of course. I think, I mean, since the Arsenal game, um, okay, we've had two away, I mean, after the Arsenal game, we had two successive away draws at Crystal Palace and Aston Villa. Then it was the international break and then we came back against Brighton and, you know, we were very unlucky to lose that game. Um, and obviously, uh, and then just last week, we were just last week gone, we, uh, we played Wolves, um, which was um, a very, very, probably our best. I mean, people, you know, people will say the Arsenal game because, you know, it was our first game and, in you know what have you but considering you know we were away from home i think oh, we hadn't won at wolves for quite a few years and uh to go there and win in the manner we did as well as the red card we had i think after like i think in 65 minutes um to not even concede and to still keep a clean sheet with 10 men away from home it's just brilliant was just brilliant to be in ninth place at this stage is, is a decent sort of certainly result for, for a uh, a newly promoted side. But what's the kind of expectation this season? Is it purely to, to stay up or, or is it anything more than that this year? Well, you know, Thomas Frank, you know, loves alluding to that, you know, he's always, you know, he, he, is, he is a very ambitious uh, person. Um, he, you know, he, you know he'd, he'd love, you know, you love anything, obviously. You know, you saw Ivan Tony saying, you know, our, t- our target was, you know, to win the league. But uh, you know, um, but look, I think, I think if you ask any, you know, realistic fan, um, they'll happily to anything above seventeenth would be a bonus. You know, just to first ever year in like, you know, for, for years, um, it would be a great, it would be a great uh, achievement. And moving forward, I suppose that the idea for Brentford would be to become a, a team like, say, a, a Leeds or, or an Aston Villa, and, and a team that 
would have hopes of of staying in the Premier League regularly. Do you think that the setup, and we'll talk a little bit more about recruitment and, and stuff like that a bit later on, but do you think Brentford are, are a team that has got the capabilities to, to do that long term? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you know, you've seen you've seen our recruitment. You know, it's, it's been it's been very been very good over the last couple of years. So uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's um, if we keep it up, then uh, I'm more I'm more than certain that you know we can you know like you look at like a Brighton whose whose recruitment has also been quite very good over the years. I mean, this is like their fifth year in the Premier League now. So um, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I think that's another good example. Um, so I think with the with our recruitment inside, I think I've looked all the signings we've made so far. You know, they've all been they've all looked very very good, especially uh, uh, Christopher Ayer, who we got from Celtic, who has been very good in the centre of defence. I think Ivan Tony is the obvious sort of standout for for people who've maybe not seen a huge amount of, of Brentford, and possibly for for those who have as well. To be fair, but when I mean, he broke the record last season for the most goals in a Championship season, he's already got two this season. How good a player is he, and and how crucial is he to Brentford staying up this season? Oh yeah, but massively. Um, even when, um, uh, especially last week against Wolves, um, you know he was. You know, especially after the red card, he was, you know, every time balls were forward, you know, he was always in the box, you know, clearing headers away, making clearances, or you know, booting them away, whatever. He led. He was. He led the line brilliantly, and he is very key to, obviously, you know, Brentford surviving. Um, would obviously be a huge blow if he like was to like get injured or suspended or what have you. Um, so yeah, he's. I think he's. A, he, he will. He will be extremely key to, of course, Brentford surviving. And is there anybody else that, that Liverpool should be looking out for in terms of, of big threats, be that you know def- defensively or, or offensively, really? Um, of course, I mean, for all from set pieces, you know, you've got um, well, you've got the likes of Ethan Pinnock, who does. I mean, you know, he can. He does tend to be a um, quite a physical. Uh, Dom- like f- physical and aerial dominance, I should say, in the air, you know, like, you can like with a few headers, and um, particularly m- most of our sense from a set from a set piece wise for going forward. I mean, most of our centre backs they are quite, you know, you know, obviously agile and obviously you know good in the air. Um, and also another interesting, obviously Rico Henry, our left wing back, he'll be like trying to uh, you know get forward as much as he can. Um, you know, he had a very good game at Wolves. Kept uh, Adama Traore quite quiet. Um, so that was that was a very good. I mean, he's always been a very good defender. He's also been a very good attacker. So um, that's um, that's that, that's another one. I think Liverpool should you know just keep an like keep an eye on over this weekend. I've got to ask you about Sergi Canyos as well. Someone obviously with big Liverpool connections came through and got his debut for for Jurgen Klopp. That was the end of, of Klopp's first season uh, at Liverpool. He only played ten minutes and and was sold that summer. He's had an interesting time since. Went to, to Norwich initially. Now has gone to Brentford and and seems to have really found his feet under Thomas Frank. It, it seems like a really nice fit for him there. He seems to be yeah. doing really well. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, um, it was only. It was only two years. I think if you go next a week, uh, next month, it, w- it only would have been two years since he actually did. He did his eight. I think he did his ligaments, and he was out for quite a long period. I think he was out for like seven, eight months. He so if you go back to just two years ago when we obviously you know, it was our final year at Griffin Park, and um, he it was it was in early October. He did his ligaments. He was out, and and it was only till the when we came back after lockdown. 
um, in July. That's that's when he came to um, he came back to a matchday squad entirely, and he did make a few cameos off the bench. You know, he came on in the playoff final defeat at Fulham. Actually, had a fairly good, he had a fairly positive impact in that as well. Um, and la- I think last year he only missed one league game. Um, which you know which just goes to I think goes to show you how much Thomas Frank you know trusts him as a senior member of the squad. He has had his critics, and I myself, albeit was one of them, but he has really um, shown you know a lot of good, a lot of good signs of you know maturing. You know, he can very versatile. I mean, you know, he played on the left wing, particularly a lot last year. Now he's playing at right. He's playing at right wing back now. So that's. Um, that's just testament to him, his hard, obviously his versatility, and how and how hard he has worked to, you know, be a be a key figure in Thomas Frank's uh, side um, side in their first year in the Premier League. Do you think he's shown enough, sort of early on this season, to to show that he can be a Premier League player long term? I think he's he's done. He, I think the signs so far, um, he's, he's certainly done okay. Um, he's 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 not been like super super great but he's not been he's not been terrible either so I think he's been um I, I think he's been very very good I think the game we had at Crystal Palace he did he did quite a good job on Wilfred Zaha who I know who he, you know is is a very good very dangerous uh atta- attacking forward so I think that's one player who um and also he was up against um not more or less directly but he was more he was against Arsenal on the opening day he was up against Kieran Tierney so you know you would have have to he would have have to you know put in I mean you put in some blocks and like tackles, so you know he's come up he has you know he has come up against some very like interesting players and it would be and it is going to be very interesting to see how he deals with with most I'd expect Sadio Mane on Saturday. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. We've mentioned. Thomas Frank as well a couple of times. I wanted to, to ask you about him. Really interesting manager, someone who's not afraid to do things a little bit differently from the norm. And he's been at Brentford for, for three seasons now. How would you say he's got on so far? Pretty well, I suppose. And, and how good a manager is he? I mean, you know, it's um, it's gone from rags to riches and probably the, the best way possible. Um, you know, and obviously when Dean Smith left to go to Aston Villa, you know, it was a very difficult time. Um, you know, he, he was just... You know, he came in, um, and I think he had a pretty he had a pretty rough start. I think there were like eight defeats in the first ten games, which uh, you know is, uh, um, and also not helped by the fact that we lost um, uh, one of our technical directors, Rob Rowan, um, who sadly passed away um, in the midst in a, in during during that. Um, so unfortunately, that was uh, that that didn't help. Uh, matters hugely, um, but then as the as we went into December, late December in 2018, um, the form started to just pick up slowly, and then from the new year in 2019 is just you know we, just, we got away from that lower bottom half uh, table and just you know just slowly started to get back to being in that top half, and you know that you know just uh, you know just solidifying there. Um, considering where you know we were under Frank when he took over, um, that was that would have just been um, uh, you know just been fine, just to, you know just to consolidate there, and that would later on build the foundations to building a side who would ch- who would you know be a can be a consistent threat for promotion. So you know when you look back, you know it's you know it's, he's re- you know and that's credit to him. You know it's never easy 
when especially when you lose like eight of ten games, you know, your confidence and morale can like take a very horrible take a very horrible hit. So that's credit to him. That's credit to obviously our, our you know our board who have like you know stood by him. So um, yeah, that's that's all, all praise all praise to them and all praise to him who have like and especially just also adding you know losing losing a playoff final to you know your local rivals and then only having I think. I think they only had ten days of recovery, and then two weeks later they were straight back into preseason for for obviously last year. Um, and even then, we had a bit of a we had a bit of a rocky start. You know, I think we only had I think four points from four games. So he did have to, you know, again, you know, you'd be forgiven for thinking it was it would it was going to be a bit of a hangover, but you know, we, we picked up our form, you know, in the winter, and uh, and and but unfortunately, too many draws cost us all to any hopes of automatic but when you look back and you know getting promoted in front of Wembley in front of even if it was 5,000 fans you know you couldn't beat it yeah certainly a really interesting manager really interesting on the recruitment side as well I've got to ask you about that so many players have, have come through at Brentford and, and been spotted and, and moved on but I think for, for me Ollie Watkins is maybe the, the best example and don't know whether you'd agree with that but I mean he's he's one that's been linked with Liverpool one that, that Liverpool have have looked at as well from obviously his time at Aston Villa and, and Brentford before that but what is it that, that makes the recruitment so good at Brentford? What is it that they do better than maybe some of the other clubs who have probably a similar budget to work with? I think I think the fact that you know, um, you know, Brentford have this like belief in them that you know. I think when Ivan Tony came, I think he said that I think he was told that you you are going to score twenty to twenty five goals here. Like, you know, it was just straight up. Um, I just yeah, I think I think it's just I think it's just more of a case of belief. If I'm being honest with you, I think. You know, stay because I look. At, I look at certain other players. Um, I look at someone like you. You know, you'll you'll recognise him because I'm like Rian Brewster, who um, you know left Liverpool, went for big money to go to Sheffield United, didn't score a Premier League goal last year. But I personally feel that if Brentford had got him, I think I think we would have got that extra. You know, maybe five ten percent out of it because you know he's a young he's a youngster. You know, as he had a big he had a very high ceiling, and I think Brentford would have. Maybe given him some somebody like Brewster, I think that extra like confidence and motivation to you know really kick on. Yeah, I think in in terms of, of attackers, it's it's really quite noticeable in terms of, of the players that you've brought through. Obviously, Saeed Ben Rama, Ollie Watkins, as I mentioned before. There's only really Brian and Buemo who's left of of that front three of of that BMW as it was termed a season or so ago, but. Who is sort of the next one that, that could step up? Is it is it him that you think could get the next move and, and be the next one to move on? Or is it just a case of keeping your fingers crossed that actually now you're in the Premier League, it's, it's yeah. not going to be a case of losing this yeah. player? Um, yeah, I mean, probably Mbumo, you know, young. He's only, I think, 22. Um, he's, you know, he's a very, very good potential. Um, predominantly, when we, when we were playing the 4-3-3, he was... He was generally playing on the right side of attack, so like why Mo Salah would, 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 is playing now. Um, but since we've moved to three-five-two, he's been playing with he's been playing next to Tony. Um, so again, that just shows you know his willingness and you know his you know just willingness and desire to like you know try and you know, uh, fit in another position. Um, you know. It's, it's uh, that just shows that just goes to show you how well you know he yeah he's done because sometimes you know the tr the transition is not it's not always as straightforward as you know um, so that's he's done really well um, another and any others that I feel 
could get big moves. I look at players like maybe, I know we just got him, but I look at somebody like Christopher Ayer, who I think, you know, he could, he could certainly play for maybe a top, maybe a top six, maybe, maybe top four if, if he, if he really uh if he really had a good maybe a good year um i think he's probably another one where i feel that if maybe if we did lose him he would probably i think he'd be the next big one that i think would go on to ultimately bigger bigger things if i'm being honest and in terms of, of the weekend then let's get back to, to the game itself with liverpool how do you expect brentford to, to play it do you expect them to come out and attack and, and go for it or will it be a case of, of sitting in and being a bit more patient i think it'll be a bit i think it'll be a little bit of both i think um you know ultimately brentford have nothing to lose um you know liverpool are coming here unbeaten um they'll look to maybe you know i think they will look to maybe counter attack on Certain things, but I don't think Brentford will come into this um, parking to like park the bus. I think they will. They will have a go. Um, I'm ex- I'm expecting it to be very end to end. Yeah, I think it, I would probably maybe I would imagine I, you couldn't really say it, they're going to go like ultra attacking. I just feel you know they, they will have to like you know because you know you, we, we've seen you know the. You know, if you if you go ultra attacking against Liverpool, they can just pick you off. So you know, and you've got when you've got the pace of Mane and Salah, you know, you leave yourself very open. So I'm sure I'm sure Thomas Frank will, will look at that. Um, and, I, and I think and I think uh, I think Brentford will. I think they will come. I think they will come out, but not not super like super out. But I think they will give it a real good go. Yeah, it should be a, a really good game, I think. But that just about brings us towards the end of the podcast. Thanks very much for, for joining me. But before we do finish, I'll, I'll ask you for a score prediction. I personally think Liverpool might win. I think Mohamed Salah might be sort of very up for this one. It'd be interesting as well, obviously, off the back of Manchester City against Chelsea at lunchtime, what that does to Liverpool. It could give them an extra little boost heading into this one. But how do you think it might play out? Have, have Brentford got a chance of, of taking some points here? Um, my heart's saying... Brentford could actually nick it, but if I'm being honest and realistic, I'd happily take a draw because you know Liverpool are unbeaten. You know they're they're a top side. You know to even get a point against them, even for some that would feel still feel like a victory. So that which more or less just goes to show you how good they are. So my heart saying my heart saying a win, but my honest my honest mind is saying probably I'd probably take maybe a one or. Yes, well, we'll see what happens. I'm sure Liverpool will be very, very much up for it. And of course, you can follow it across the Liverpool Echo, liverpool.com and Blood Red, of course, in all of the usual places. For now, though, I've been Matt Addison. Thanks for tuning in and it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.